0: And good afternoon, I'm Al Cresta. Well, as we've been talking about off and on through the program, Queen Elizabeth II, the longest reigning monarch in British history, has died at the age of 96. And she frequently made reference to her personal Christian faith, Uh, going back to the Christmas address of 1952. She was still a princess then, hadn't come to the throne yet. But she said at that time, I want to ask you all, whatever your religion may be, to pray for me on that day, to pray that God may give me wisdom and strength to carry out the solemn promises I shall be making, and that I may faithfully serve him and you all the days of my life. Um, she's been one of the world's most recognizable and celebrated leaders for you know seven decades uh, after that Christmas, anyways. And she's, I think, in many ways, demonstrated how to keep one's Christian faith personal, private, you know, more so than I personally, I guess, would like. But but uh, it was also an inclusive faith, uh, also compassionate. And she inherited—and this is interesting for Catholics to keep in mind— um, we're a long way from the 16th century, all right? In 1534, Henry VIII renounced the papacy. And and that's, you know, that's part of the history here. Uh, you, you can't just all of a sudden say that doesn't matter. Uh, and Queen Elizabeth II inherited religious responsibilities that go back to 1534 when Henry VIII renounced the papacy. She is called, or was called, the Defender of the Faith and Supreme Governor of the Church of England. And those were titles that were vested in uh, Henry VIII by the papacy. But of course, he renounced the papacy in 1534 and kept the titles and gave us a new creature in Christian history, that is, the monarch who was also head of the church. So in his own person, Henry VIII combined the monarchy and the papacy. So she comes out of that tradition, uh, and she took an oath uh, at her accession to the crown to maintain and preserve inviolably the settlement of the Church of England and the doctrine, worship, discipline, and government uh, as by law established in England. So she had duties to appoint archbishops, bishops, deans of the Church of England, um, usually, I mean, often advised at least by the prime minister. In 1970, she became the first sovereign to inaugurate and address the church's general synod in person. That hadn't happened before, which was a surprise to me. Uh, And she continued to do that every five years after diocesan elections. Uh, It was three weeks after her coronation that she... uh, swore to maintain the church of scotland uh now this is interesting because scotland was heavily presbyterian not episcopalian uh it was <laughs> this was there are lots of fights about this in the history of the british isles but uh, she swore to maintain the Church of Scotland uh, and preserve the settlement of the true Protestant religion as established by the laws made in Scotland. Now, Church of Scotland, as I said, is Presbyterian and recognizes only Jesus Christ as king and head of the church, right? So that means that Her Majesty lacked an official title (laughs) when it came to the Church of Scotland. But she, again, uh, following historical precedent, decided to honor that uh, and this was not uncommon in her uh leadership she she frequently she was an ecumenical she sought to be an ecumenical figure let 's put it that way uh, she often articulated the importance of uh, personal faith recommended it to her subjects quote here 's a nice quote from her For me, the teachings of Christ and my own personal accountability before God provide a framework in which I try to lead my life. Uh, I, like so many of you, have drawn great comfort in difficult times from Christ's words and example. And, you know, she, back in the early 2000s, she endured a painful year of personal losses. There was the death of her sister, Princess Margaret. Uh, The Queen Mother died uh, that year. Uh, 2002. And in her annual Christmas address, uh, Queen Elizabeth II spoke about how her faith had uh, enriched her life, had sustained her during this difficult time. Here's a quote for you I know just how much I rely on my own faith to guide me through the good times and the bad. Each day is a new beginning. I know that the only way to live my life is to try to do what is right, to take the long view, to give of my best in all that today brings and to put my trust in God, end of quote. Um, and she continued to, again, celebrate, uh, I guess you would call it religious diversity, uh, but certainly religious tolerance. And this was throughout the uh, Commonwealth. Uh, she often gave Christmas messages where she talked about This was a major theme, Uh, and this is going to be true of Charles, too, respectful tolerance. In fact, back in the late 1990s, Charles made a statement that, I confess, drove me up a wall. Uh, He said, when I become king, I will not be uh, described as the defender of the faith. I want to be uh, called the defender of faith. Now think about that for just a minute here. Uh, The faith is a reference to an objective body of teaching and doctrine. The defender of faith simply means some sort of uh, personal trust that one might exercise. The question of personal faith only becomes meaningful when we ask what is the object of that faith? So it's not just the act of faith that one celebrates, it's faith in whom, or faith in what. And of course, this is the apostolic teaching on this: is faith in Christ, as Jesus said, "I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me." So, uh, I, I don't know. If, I don't know where Charles is going to go with this. But, I do think it's something to watch. He may have learned by now that um calling himself the defender of faith rather than the defender of the faith is really not much not a formula that's gonna that will i cannot imagine that will resound well with the more evangelical wing of the anglican church uh that will that will drive them bonkers um When she celebrated her Diamond Jubilee in 2012, she did go to uh, Queen Elizabeth, went to a multi faith reception at Lambeth Palace that was hosted by the Archbishop of Canterbury. Uh, That's the head of the Church of England. And um, they had leaders of eight different faiths there uh, Buddhism, Judaism, Islam, Hinduism. And at the event, the Queen said, Faith plays a key role in the identity of millions of people providing not only a system of belief, but also a sense of belonging. And it can act as a spur for social action. Indeed, religious groups have a proud track record of helping those in the greatest need, including the sick, the elderly, the lonely, and the disadvantaged. Uh, they remind us of the responsibilities we have beyond ourselves. Well, I mean, you know, as far as that goes, sure. Uh, there is a... Uh, I I want to always stress we we don't share a common theology uh with the various world religions uh, all the talk about um all religions uh, ultimately lead to the same goal is simply not true and it's it's not true based on the testimony of the leaders of those world religions the leader of Islam makes it very clear for instance a, a leader, there are multiple uh, leaders in the Islamic world, they would insist that Jesus Christ is not God. To them, that is a blasphemous statement, and there's absolutely no hint that that will change. It's it's in the DNA of Islam. Just like saying Jesus is Lord is in the DNA of the Christian faith, um, denying the divinity of Christ is in the DNA of Islam. Uh, And each of these world religions uh, have teaching which contradicts one another. Uh, Stephen uh, Prothero uh, teaches, I think at Boston University, uh, put out a book that was welcomed, I I welcomed it. It was simply called God is Not One. And he was pointing this Fact out anybody who takes seriously the claims of the various world religions will recognize they are not they don't present a coherent view of the world they are contradictory uh, even chaotic when they when compared to one another and so yeah I get it when you bring people together you know you want to maintain uh, as much interfaith harmony as possible you you want to be respectful and of course uh, tolerant. People have to have liberty to live out their experiment in faith. But we can never let that lead to religious indifferentism. It it is not a matter of uh, no importance, uh, whether Jesus is or is not the way, the truth, and the life. (laughs) It is a matter of supreme importance. And so while we, we can be respectful and ought to be respectful and tolerant and as harmonious as possible, even with those with whom we hold deep disagreements, we can never surrender, and we should never. Uh, we should never dissemble and pretend that uh, Jesus is not who he said he was. Uh, faith plays a key role in the identity of millions of people, providing not only a system of belief but also a sense of belonging. And then she goes on. So what you have there is she's acknowledging the three big B's. Uh, belief, belonging, and she's going to get on to behavior. So if you want to get a sense of what a particular, quote, religion is, just ask yourself, what do they believe? Um, How do you belong? And then how am I supposed to behave? Those three Bs, believe, belong, behave. And that'll give you a fix on what any particular religious tradition is about. So she goes on to say, uh, these religious faiths are not only systems of belief, but they're of, they, they create a sense of belonging, and it, uh, these faiths can be a spur to behavior, social action. Uh, indeed, religious groups have a proud track record of helping those in the greatest need. Again, uh, all that needs to be examined in the light of history and. In fact, where have religious groups benefited the world? I've so often talked about the world's debt to the Catholic Church, and uh, the Catholic Church, the Catholic faith, has uh, brought untold blessing uh, to the world. If you were to, you know, stick in a stick an empty syringe into the uh, earth's blood vein and remove from it all the positive uh, consequences of Christian missionary efforts, uh, the world would implode of his own moral weight and darkness. Uh, The world is uh, considerably uh, uh, kinder, uh, more compassionate than it was before the incarnation of the Son of God. And again, so Queen Elizabeth, an ecumenical figure, personal faith in Christ as, as best as anybody could tell. But she's been... What I I've greatly appreciated about her is that she held that balance between love of the people and also maintaining a sense of the sacred about her position as monarch.